Once you hit a decent level of success in your business, you will start to get a gazillion of opportunities, joint ventures, and new ideas trying to distract you away from your core business. Usually, the passive reason is to stick to your core business and not pay attention to a lot of these opportunities. But the people who manage to take the right tangents at the right time are often the people that are the most successful. So here comes the question. Should you double down or add a string to your bow? Should you keep going with that affiliate marketing plus SEO mix that got you where you are, or should you learn paid ads, funnels, sales, etc.? Should you launch that service idea that that buddy on Skype told you about? Is fiddling with Facebook Messenger bots really what you should be doing right now? Well, that's the kind of questions that we are going to try and answer in this podcast. So let's get going. Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast, the place to learn field-tested, no BS tactics to growth hack your online business, and finally, live life on your own terms. Now, your host, Gael and Mark. Hey guys, welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. Today I am back with Mark for a debate that I think at the beginning we were not sure about it, but it's probably one of the longest show notes that we have had in a long time. (laughs) So how's it going, Mark? Yeah, it's going good. I'm looking forward to this one. Cool. I have been told that I need to remind our listeners that there's more and more people listening to this podcast, so thank you everyone. But I've been reminded that I should tell people to subscribe and drop a review at the beginning of the podcast, not just at the end. So please, if you enjoy this podcast, don't forget to subscribe to it so you don't miss episodes. And drop us a review, whatever platform you're using. It's always useful, helps us reach more people. I also wanted to say that the podcast is also now on Spotify. So if you use Spotify and you're using a third-party podcasting app to listen to this podcast, now you can kind of ditch it and just listen to it on Spotify. It works the exact same way as everywhere else. So, yep, just remember you can subscribe on Spotify. So, the subject of today's podcast is doubling down versus diversifying. And when I told you, like, I kind of picked this topic and Mark was like, meh, I don't know, I'm not too sure. But actually, I'm quite excited for this one. I think it's one of these things that we always wonder when we're doing better with our business. Essentially, the premise is, as you're growing in your business, as you're starting to do better, you start to get more and more opportunities and really... These opportunities, they either reinforce your core business, which for a lot of people listening to this podcast is going to be things like SEO plus affiliate and that kind of stuff, or it's going to take you away from it. For example, if you are running authority sites, then maybe someone's just offering you to run a service. So maybe you're thinking of running a service. So maybe you're thinking that you should start selling info products or something like this. And the question is, should you do it when it takes energy away from your core business? Or, but, you know, has potential to make good money, extra money, etc. Or should you just, you know, decide to just take this energy that you would invest in this other business and just double down on what you're doing already? So I think we need to kind of like dive down into what each of these things mean. And after that, kind of like debate on what makes the most sense. So I'll let you talk about like what basically what we mean by doubling down. So there are several ways to look at this. The first I would say is from a quantity perspective. So do more of the same thing that you're already doing. If you're selling widgets, sell more widgets. If you have an Amazon affiliate site, then your product essentially is your content. And in this case, you would produce more content. So you rank for more keywords and get more eyeballs on your site and get more clicks and make more money on on Amazon, right? It's fairly cookie cutter stuff, this. was totally worth listening to this podcast so far, you know? <laughs> For us, a lot of people like our courses. So, you know, maybe we should produce more of them. Maybe we should sell more courses. 
that, that's one way of looking at it. Another way is to do more of the same thing, but focus on increasing quality. So if you have an Amazon affiliate site, then maybe you want to up the quality of your content. So you want to hire better writers, spend more time structuring and researching things, get the product in your hand and do like a, an actual review. At the extreme level, you can look at sites like runnerclick.com who have who review running shoes. And they have some really cool sort of comparison tools that I think they've kind of custom coded. They must have. Yeah. And that really just adds a lot of value and a lot of life into an, an otherwise kind of mundane review and allows you to compare products in different ways and yeah it's, it's really cool so there's a lot of stuff you can do in that that area if you're creating info products then you can make your courses better you can hire a video and a sound editor as we've just done so our next courses will hopefully have half decent sound for a change and well, the first nice versions drink. had like a gazillion <laughs> effects and were like fleshy <laughs> everywhere but we're working on it yeah, yeah. I mean, quality is a subjective thing. So, you know, you don't want to go overboard with, with things. But yeah, you may decide to create tools for people. You may decide to structure your courses better. These are the kinds of things you can do, which each of these takes a bunch of time, a bunch of energy, and in case of hiring people, a bunch of money. But it will improve the quality of what you're doing. And hopefully that will drive better results. The third way of looking at this is, again, doing more of the same, but this time focusing on increasing efficiency. So if you have a, an Amazon site, maybe you will, instead of producing more content or making your content better, this time you'll focus on, okay, how do I get more eyeballs on here? Maybe I need to run some better on-page SEO processes, or maybe you need to improve or streamline your content creation process. That might be by hiring a, a full-time writer instead of a freelance in order to get better rates. It may be by setting up a, a better system using something like Asana rather than bouncing around emails with uh, links to files and everything getting lost in, in the process. These kinds of things will improve your efficiency. If you're doing something like info products, say, then maybe it's building a better sales funnel. Maybe it's building an affiliate program to, to get more people to promote your products. Maybe it's doing CRO on your, on your sales page or doing something to reduce refund rates or checkout dropout rates, like all, all these little things along the way, which will add 5 10% efficiency to your, your process. Take a lot of time, take a lot of energy, and again, often take a lot of money to, to do them but hopefully will lead to a, a general sort of improvement in your business. So yeah, that's what I would kind of how the three ways I would kind of look at doubling down. Yeah. Okay. I'll just take the diversifying then. So diversifying is kind of interesting. So yeah, you kind of have two ways to go for it, go at it. One is just stay in the same niche and produce more offers. So let's say you're an affiliate, right? You have an affiliate site, you are just doing Amazon Associates, and then you decide to start an email list and then you have, you know, 20,000 emails and you're like, well, I could actually create my own course or I could create a physical product I sell to this email list. And all of a sudden you just have diversified away from being an affiliate to selling your own product. So you could be diversifying by just adding a bunch of info content on your site, different type of content that you have produced before and monetizing with advertising. That's also a way of diversifying. So essentially taking what you already have and kind of append a new business on top of it. 
That's one way of doing it. Another way of doing it is to take what you've done, i.e. the affiliate stuff, and apply it to a different industry. So let's say you were in, I don't know, like a home improvement, and then you've decided to move to the pet industry. And then all of a sudden you take everything kind of, you know, it's kind of like a, a debate of whether like applying what you've done is doubling down or diversifying in a sense that it diversifies the risk in case the sites get penalized, but it kind of double downs on the process. So it's kind of like a mix, I would say. I think that's going to be a concurrent theme in this whole podcast episode. It's not quite so black and white. There's kind of a lot of shades of gray, especially when you build up bigger, more complex businesses with many different monetization channels, traffic sources, different moving parts. It's not so clear what, what what exactly what you're doing, but carry on. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think we'll talk about that. Yeah, so essentially it's one of these two. Uh, for example, Atari Hacker is a good example of diversifying. We run affiliates slash authority sites as a portfolio, and then Atari Hacker just, is just selling course on the side, kind of using a lot of the stuff that we learn running the other sites. And one thing that will be highlighted throughout the rest of the podcast that can be highlighted on the example of Atari Hacker, but also on the other examples I gave, It's kind of like the side benefits of running the other businesses in the new business when you diversify. The reason why we can come up with content that you can find on Toy Hacker and nowhere else is because we run these other sites. And there is, you know, some kind of like low hanging fruit created by this business that we are running already. And that would be the same if you already have an affiliate site and you start building an email list, you already have some traffic. So building an email list makes it easy. And so that is one of the things that we're going to start talking about because I think for me, it's kind of like one of the most important things in this debate. But I think let's go back to the show notes. I would say that is kind of more limited to uh, teaching. So you can work in any industry, online marketing or you know building cars or anything. And if you do it for enough time, then you will have the capability to teach other people how to do that. And you can turn that teaching into a business in itself, which is not exactly, but it's sort of what Authority Hacker is. It's not just that. Imagine you have an affiliate site. Let's say you have an affiliate site for pet products, right? You have hiphop.com. Mm-hmm. And then you can literally start a dropshipping business on this site, which is not what hiphop is doing right now. And just use the retargeting list to sell your physical products. That is a low hang if we're created from having this business to start the dropshipping business. Mm-hmm. It's going to be much easier to reach people. So there's a lot of like, kind of like finding these bridges from the old business model to a new business model that diversifying is all about. It's basically about starting a new business that doesn't take 100% of the energy it would take to if you literally had nothing, just by using what you already have and kind of finding these bridges, you know? Yeah, I mean, you obviously you need to use some of your existing knowledge, processes, assets, technology in order to go into this new, it's not a completely different business. It's not like you run herepup.com and then the next day you start manufacturing televisions. That wouldn't be diversifying. That would just be a brand new unrelated business. And I think a lot of of newbies do that. Really a lot of newbies just like fail to identify that their best course of action is to pick something that's touching what they're doing already. And I think it's the case that needs to be made on this podcast is that diversifying is not about picking something completely unrelated, but rather taking a tangent that just 
drifts a little bit away from what you're doing already. Well, that's true, I think, in any normal like offline business. The issue with online businesses is that while the topic or the, the kind of business model may be uh, similar or dissimilar, the business processes which you're building behind it, i.e. creating good content and building links, those things are likely to apply to most online businesses, yeah. types of online businesses you're going to run. So from a process perspective, that is kind of valid diversification because you're reusing those th that knowledge, most likely some of those people, if it's link building. I don't think it's enough of an overlap. Given how many people do this in this industry, I don't think it's enough of an overlap. What would be a great overlap is if you have hiphop.com, then if you want to diversify for sites, I would create other pet sites and then I would use the list of the people that have already given me links through outreach mm -hmm. to outreach to them and just get the same links to this new site. And then yeah. all of a sudden I get a massive competitive advantage over the newbie that's just starting in this niche and knows nobody and nothing, you know? Yeah, so I mean, if you have a dog site, start a cat site. If you have a guitar site, start a piano site. That's kind of what you're saying, right? Yeah, exactly. Just like finding as much overlap as possible so that the energy required to start a new business is reduced to much a much lower amount that it would take to someone that has none of the assets that you have in your hands, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, uh, there are levels to this, so that's obviously closer diversification. Another way you could look at it, though, if you go more extreme end, is say, well, I have one dog site, why don't I start another dog site? Or why don't I start a poodle site or a Labrador site or a dog training site and, and kind of break it down according to those levels and then you end up with 20 different dog sites all slightly different but still that's kind of a way of of diversifying but again you are diversifying but and you're maybe kind of insulating yourself from certain risks and you know maybe even capturing different markets that your your first site didn't capture however you're still kind of you have a lot of exposure still to one industry. It's not getting all the benefits. Um, we'll get into that a little bit later of diversification. I mean, we're completely off the show notes right yeah. now, literally. That's what <laughs> scares me the most, even more than diversifying. <laughs> so let's go back to the case, the case for doubling down, actually, because I think, I think we need to talk about these things before we kind of have that debate. So the case for doubling down really is faster gain short term. Like if you are doing both the same, really, you know, it's going to be much faster for you to you know, double your revenue than just starting in a brand new business and just you know having to figure a lot of stuff out, etc. I would say there's one caveat on that, and that's if the industry you're in, the niche you're in, has a big enough ceiling. So if you're already kind of dominating or capturing it, it can be quite tough to double your your revenue if there's no more customers, really. Yeah, fair enough. If you're completely maxing out your niche, sure. Like if you're runner click, it's questionable, you know, but yeah, let's talk about efficiencies. There's also one thing that happens is like that you get efficiencies that come with experience. So the first time you build something, it really sucks usually. The first site you've built, I mean, the first site I've built, I was in middle school and I put a photo of my class and I just photoshopped it and that was it. Probably not the best site. The first site I built was for, it was like a computing class in high school or primary school, I forgot. And I built a GoldenEye 007, a Nintendo 64 game, like a site about that on GeoCities or something back in the day, if anyone remembers that. Bit of uh, nostalgia there. But 
Anyway, let's carry on with the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, if you're going to start selling product, your sales page is going to be terrible. Your membership area might be terrible as well, etc. And you just get better by doing these things. So you will get really efficient when you double down because you've done all these things. You've already built content. You've already built links. You've already looked for affiliate offers. You've already negotiated higher commissions with affiliates, all of that. You know all this stuff. Yeah, it's going to go much faster. And so that's really quite good. And also you get to achieve economies of scale. So, you know, if you have that freelance writer that's writing per article, maybe you can offer them a full-time gig and then you can, you know, pay less per article, essentially. Same with link building, et cetera, and tools. You might just upgrade to the higher package for these tools and get more results per dollar that you spend. And overall, you can just optimize your process with these tools as well. You know them better, et cetera. So I think overall, that's pretty good. Another thing that you can do as well is by building a huge site. Let's say you're just focusing on your site or focusing on the other business you're doing. You're essentially making it harder to compete with you. When you have a tiny site of like 10 pages, you know, I can build that site in a day. If you have a huge site of a thousand plus pages and you have thousands of links, et cetera, it's like I can find out your site. Like we're talking about runner click here. That was a good example. Why am I mentioning runner click? Usually when I mention other people's site or like, you know, people that do that business model, people aren't very happy, but good luck catching up with RunnerClick now. They literally have like tens of thousands of pages and so many links that you're going to have to spend like at least mid six figures to even start competing with them. So that's why creating barrier to entries by doubling down is a really, really strong thing to do as well in terms of investing in your future. And I think that's another debate that this sparks. It's like, how do you secure your future? Do you secure your future by creating high barrier to entries? Or do you secure your future by getting income from multiple sources through diversifying? That is essentially the crux of this entire podcast is <laughs> which one's better. And there really isn't one that's better. There's different in different situations. Ideally, you knew both. But you just have to be careful with the diversification thing because it's not an auto safety mechanism. You can end up creating a bunch of average or mediocre websites and then all of them even if they're in different industries all of them get taken out in the next google update or something because you've built them wrong or you've done your link building badly or your content kind of sucks or whatever happens happens but just because you have sites in different industries different niches it doesn't automatically protect you from this in the same way that having a site in one industry which is like really well sort of developed double down on essentially doesn't protect you either even if you have multiple revenue sources multiple traffic sources you're into paid ads you you have a lot of affiliates it's all nice and diversified one single big event can come along and and you know change all that think of the the music industry back in the the 90s i mean everyone was buying cds for ages and then almost overnight online music mp3s came along and just completely destroyed that industry and then a few years later streaming came along and destroyed that industry so the same thing can happen in whatever industry you're in i will say there's certain industries which are less prone to this which is gardening and sewing and playing the guitar these things don't change so often but anything technology driven that really updates quite a lot i mean as we saw when we updated the authority site system after two years the entire Every tool had changed. And really, we, that was part of the reason why we had to shoot the entire thing again because so much changes so quickly. Yeah, I mean, I would say, like, even in industries that don't change, you're still, like, at the mercy of the platforms you're using, like Google or Amazon or something like this. Like, you know, Amazon changing their affiliate rates 
even if you're like in gardening, that can still wipe, like really wipe your business if you're like solely focused on Amazon, you know? So it's kind of like we live in a platform and on the internet that is ruled by basically four companies. <laughs> and if any of these companies changes anything related to your industry, it will deeply affect you despite the fact nothing changes in that industry. So it's something to keep in mind as well. So that's really like the, we're getting into the downsides, I guess, but I wanted to say two more things about the case for doubling down. And one is that it's risky, basically. We've mentioned that many times, but even if your business gets swept out of existence after one year from now, but you've made, in this one year, you've made the money from 10 years of having a stable, diversified business, I think it's absolutely worth it. And it's one of these things that you need to get away from that kind of like employee mentality where you like just want to see money coming every month. Many times in business, it's more going to be about getting a huge chunk of money, a huge deal, something big that happened to you. And then, then you'll have some time where you make no money and or you have to rebuild something, etc. But if that amount of money is so big that it just covers like a large amount of time that where you would have had stable income, just the fact that you have the money in hand, first of all, you can use it to make more money. Many times it kind of like overwhelms the kind of like stable business approach, actually. So it really depends on the, the difference between how much you'd make with this kind of like stable diversified business versus kind of this bursty type of income that will probably come with the doubling down mentality and just how much of a gambler and what your ability to resist to these kind of swings is as well in terms of personality. I would also um, add something to this, the doubling down case for doubling down, and that's this concept of extreme value or value stacking. In some of our masterminds that we're in, I noticed that the people who are have really solid high seven, even eight figure businesses, they tend to have doubled down very, very well. Uh, and I think part of the reason for that is because the gains you make in all these different areas stack. So if you improve three things by 10%, your conversion rate, you're getting 10% more traffic and 10% fewer refunds or whatever it is. If you improve three things by 10%, your business will not be worth 130% more, but it'll be worth 133.1% more, I think, which doesn't sound like a huge amount of difference. But if you extrapolate that over five years, your business is worth 417% more. Okay, yeah, that works better. Yeah, <laughs> so suddenly that's quite a big difference by just improving a few things continuously over a period of time by a small amount. It really does stack up. And I think that's kind of where the math of doubling down really comes into its own, especially we'll get into this when we go about diversification, but you often have quite high initial costs when you start a new site, for example, with uh, new content and new links. It takes a while before it starts generating revenue. And as you said, you improve your existing business and you realize those gains almost straight away. Yeah. Another thing that I find interesting is uh, Matt Diggity's approach, actually. So Matt Diggity, he's definitely the guy that like doubles down. He just does the same kind of sites. But what he does is he sells them really quickly. So really, we say that this doubling down is riskier. Like you, any change to any major platform equals you could lose a, like most of your business overnight. But risk is a function of frequency and criticity in risk management. Frequency is basically time. Criticity is just how bad it can go. Like, is it, are you going to lose 10% or are you going to lose 95%? But you can reduce frequency 
by just removing large chunks of time and just not holding on this business very long. So what Matt does is he just like builds these businesses and in one or two years, he just resells them at a you know high multiple and just takes the cash in and then just puts some of this cash away, saves it, and then goes back to his high-risk business model. And I think I had a lot of discussions with him. And I mean, we're slowly getting towards a lot of the stuff he's doing, actually. But that's a really good way of mitigating the high risk of doubling down is to actually be that guy that kind of like becomes that highly specialized person that adds value to a business through very optimized processes and then resells them and then reboots, just starts again and does it again and again and again. And that's a really good way of accumulating wealth, actually. That's an interesting one because it's applying a set of processes and I have no doubt that he's continuously optimizing those processes and he has a very sort of clear area of a business where he can add value. You know, he buys at a certain point, he applies his magic and then he sells at a certain point. What I would say though is doubling down can often be construed as as more of a longer term strategy thing, not a business model in itself. So you reach a certain point in the business, maybe you've grown at 50% and then you decide, oh, do I want to diversify, i.e. sell it, build more, buy and flip more sites, or do I want to double down and like really go into this hardcore, stack a bunch of value on it and not just grow it from half a million to a million, but grow it from 1 million to 10 million, that kind of thing. So it's, it's like, it's not quite, it doesn't exactly fit in, certainly in our show notes, but it doesn't exactly fit in in the, is it doubling down? Is it, is it diversifying? I think it's just a flipping websites is a business model in itself. I think it's a good example of like how doubling down can be future-proofed by just removing a lot of the risk that comes with the high fluctuation by just not holding on these sites very long, you know? I think it's a different debate about holding a site versus selling a site. I don't think it overlaps quite so much with with the concept of doubling down. You're such a buzz killer. Anyway, let's <laughs> go back to the to the, the case for doubling down, actually. So the case against doubling down, sorry. So the first thing we've said is super high risk. I mean, I put a really bad analogy on the show notes, so I'm going to say it just to piss Mark off just after what he said. And it's basically like playing like Jenga and just piling blocks on top of each other. It's the fastest way to go up, but if there's any kind of blow of wind, it's just all gone. Works the same for Google updates, works the same for uh, Amazon updates, etc. So, you know, Amazon changes, you know, Amazon changed his, their affiliate commissions like two years ago or something. And some people lost like 30 to 50% of revenue when that happened, sometimes more in the technology niche, I think. But it shows you like how much one tiny change can affect your business. And that's what happens when you're just relying on one monetization method and one traffic source. The industries can change. You mentioned the MP3 and then you mentioned the streaming, etc., Spotify and so on. We are on Spotify if you want to subscribe. All that stuff can happen as well, and it might just be struggling. You want to take this one over? Actually, that's your show notes. <laughs> okay. I think we're breaking the third wall a bit too often in this podcast, so let's not let the audience know about the show notes quite so much. But anyway, yeah, I, I mentioned this already before. Like The industry, if it's not big enough to, to support you, you can't really double that, or you can, but you're just going to be wasting your money becoming more efficient to your existing customer base if you're ranking number one for everything then what benefit is it going to do doing more seo and and link building maybe not that much maybe the same amount of money and energy that you could put into that would be better suited building a new site 
And we've seen many people, many big players in, in certain industries do that. It can often make, make more sense. It's very difficult, though, to actually judge when you've reached that position. And you may think that I, I saw a question in the H Pro Facebook group yesterday, I think it was, where someone had kind of done pretty well in their core industry, core niche. And they were thinking of, would it be worth adding these other kind of content hubs into their site, which were somewhat related, but they were worried about diluting the relevancy of their core business. That's a valid sort of concern these days. Relevancy is certainly an issue for SEO that you have to have to consider. I don't think Renoclick cares about it. If you check the last reviews, like best travel umbrellas, best waterproof mascara, etc. So, I mean, I don't know. There's counter examples of sites that do that. We did that as well on, on health ambition. Like so, we were doing... I didn't go to, so We were well, doing a lot yeah. of supplements and stuff. And then suddenly we were doing reviews. I don't know where these keywords come, like best incontinence pants and stuff like that. Hey, people <laughs> search for it, okay? It's like there's no right and wrong and we can't say... We're not here to tell you you absolutely should do this or should do it the other way. This is a debate and they're, they're, it's not black and white. There are many shades of gray here. That's kind of one other reason against it. I just had this other good analogy that came to my mind that sort of counters your Jenga ta- tower, oh, by the way. So if you think of a, a pyramid, like the, the Great Pyramids of Giza, they're actually solid in the inside. So you can't really they can't really fall down because they're already kind of fallen down. When you build the base layer, the bottom layer, you need a lot of bricks to do it. And each subsequent layer you build on top of that, you need fewer and fewer and fewer bricks. And the the top layer is just, you know, one brick. So you can build it higher by using fewer bricks. So but so it kind of becomes more efficient, but you can still do it in a in a stable way. Don't know why I... I... But in a shit ton of bricks at the bottom. Exactly. But this is the thing. Like when you start a new website, you need a lot of resources. You need a lot of energy and a lot of effort and a lot of links a lot of content to even get going you don't have a pyramid until you start stacking these up a little bit you don't have a website until you start doing this and sort of ranking after a while uh, then it sort of starts so you're to telling take me shape. the best in continent underwear was a good idea or at least the pyramids are telling us right <laughs> yeah maybe <laughs> okay just, just, just making sure okay so another <laughs> We really do go off topic a lot in this one. Another reason why doubling down may not be such a good idea is if the existing market leaders are already kind of entrenched. If You wouldn't want to start a soda company and start competing with Pepsi and Coca-Cola right now because they're just so entrenched. You could make a better tasting product if you had some extreme resources and did a bunch of taste tests, but you would never get to where they are in any reasonable amount of time, just because they've been around for so long, they're so entrenched in their positions, they're so well-known, they're so well-marketed, they're so well-built up as brands that it's just people care more about the brand than the actual product itself. As Coca-Cola discovered when they did taste tests uh, 20 years ago or something and found that in blind taste tests, everyone preferred, almost everyone preferred Pepsi. But so Coke changed the recipe and... People hated it. People didn't like the new one that in blind taste test was better because they just associated that Coke flavor with the, the brand of Coca-Cola. That's an extreme example. But if you're in a market where the market leaders are entrenched, then doubling down your efforts and trying to build an extra 10,000 links or another thousand pieces of content or 
building a bunch of cool tools to improve your the quality of your content and stuff. It may not work if the market leaders have already done that and are already you know twice as far ahead of you uh, beyond that. I'm thinking specifically this applies to things like difficult niches. So if you're in web hosting, or for example, uh, it, you you may not want to be kind of going full throttle in in that space just because the people at the top they're spending so much money on their content on their link yeah. building, you know these these kinds of things. They do spend six figures a month on new building, most of them in top web hosting keywords, actually. Yeah. 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 It's really a lot of money. Another thing I think as well is just like the the problem with doubling down is you've probably hit most of your low hanging fruits. Like when you do keyword research, when you do all this stuff, etc., you do find these like low KD, decent volume, decently commercial keywords, but there's just not an unlimited number of them in your industry. So you're likely to have hit this. And then what you find yourself in is that you've hit these low-hanging fruits, they're making money, but then to kind of get to the next level of earnings, you need to start ranking for these big mainstream commercial keywords. And usually the amount of resources and authority, et cetera, you need to rank for them is like, you know, five times what you need for these low-hanging fruits. So what I almost feel is like there's kind of like this bootstrap part of your business when you're starting. And then you kind of have this big leap of going from the low-hanging fruit keywords to the mainstream ones in terms of quality, in terms of links, in terms of authority, because all the big guys are there and you need to kind of get on their level. And if you've kind of like put your site quickly together and or not put the amount of effort in the base of your site, then it's a huge amount of work to get to that level. And I feel it's uh, it's something that happens a lot with building websites, actually. Okay, then I'll go to the next one, which is, and that that one is funny because I'm I'm checking it and I literally say it's boring to just keep doing the same stuff again and again. Basically, that's what doubling down means, right? It means like you go from 100 pages to 1,000 pages on your website. You go from 200 links to 2,000 links. So that means just doing a lot of the same, even if it's probably going to change deeply the process, et cetera. You just end up just having to run a few processes really well to do well. It's like kind of boring. I'm, I'm kind of the kind of personality that likes figuring new stuff out. And Mark was like, oh, no, that's super exciting. I love doing this stuff. I think it's really interesting to, uh, like, efficiency really, like, turns me on. Not in a, like, weird way. <laughs> but it's, like, it's so cool to, like, build a new process which ekes out, like, a 1% efficiency and see it working. And I, I just, I love that side of business in general. So if you find that very interesting, then I think it's not boring at all. Yeah. All right. Let's just jump on the case for diversifying. I put something interesting here. I put it's a slow but steady win many times in the sense that, yes, you will make more money in the next 12 months if you double down. No question about that. However, if you build stability and you're able to essentially maintain revenue for a much longer period of time, you're able to sometimes slash often actually make more money in the end than you would make with the flashy play that makes a lot of money for 12 months but then just crashes and burns after versus something that will maybe make money for 10 years makes you know eight times less but still in the end you'll make like 12 you'll make 20 uh, percent more than you made from the flashy game the difference is you don't have the cash in hand during that whole time therefore you could have a bunch of cash from the the doubling down and just invest it and kind of maybe make the difference. But 
there is a case to be said on the slow but steady win of this kind of like diversifying, having other business models that can make you a little bit of extra money. Typically, for authority sites, that would be starting collecting emails, building an autoresponder that makes you two or three grand a month or four grand a month or five grand a month, but just is here forever and just runs just in the next 10 years. Then you add up that money. It's like a crazy amount of money. Would you have made more money building like an extra, let's say, 50 or 70 best x 4 articles? Maybe, maybe not. Hard to tell, but it can happen that it outperforms in that way. I also, another point I wanted to say about diversifying is, and I've mentioned it a lot before, is the efficiencies that comes from other business models. So let's say you have traffic to your site, but you have no email list. Well, just having an email list and promoting offers through is a great way to, it's one of these cases where diversifying is actually going to increase your money faster than, than just doubling down because you're essentially just taking what you have, traffic, you're monetizing with affiliates, but you maybe put an exit intent pop-up. Not the best one, but you know the best one when you have affiliate content because you don't uh, distract people from your main offer. And then you just have an autoresponder that sells like a dozen products and makes you a couple of thousand bucks a month. This can really be put together in like two weeks and just increase your revenue by thousands of dollars per month. So it's, it's really one of these cases where you just find these really, really high level efficiencies with what you already have. And you essentially build something, at least a quick version of something that will increase your revenue pretty fast. So that's one case where diversifying is quite interesting. I think another this to- sort of related to that is we mentioned it before with, with link building. Uh, and this is a reason why I, I strongly advocate you keep a, a very nice spreadsheet with a list of all the links you've manually built and all the contact info for people and when you last spoke to them, that kind of thing. Because if you want to diversify, if you, want, if you have a guitar site, you want to start a piano site, the first thing you should be doing with link building is looking through that list uh, from your guitar site and then outreaching to the people who you think you can go and get a guest post on for your uh, piano site, for example. Uh, so that there's many, many ways you can utilize existing assets to benefit you and give you a, a head start with a, a new site if it's in a somewhat related related niche like that. The other thing I would say, though, on diversifying is it's a case of diversifying your asset risk, but asset potential as well. What I mean by that? Well, would you rather own a $10 million house or $100,000 houses? Now, maybe if you watch MTV Cribs a lot, you'd say, oh, I want the big house. I want the pool. I want the whatever else basketball court they have these days. But if you think of it from a business perspective, it would probably make more sense to have a hundred, $100,000 houses. Why? Because if you ever needed to sell one or two, you could do that. You couldn't sell one or 2% of your $10 million house, most likely. I mean, without getting into stuff like refinancing and remortgaging, which actually is, is a thing. But if you want to just offload the asset, then you would need to sell the whole thing or none of it. You can't really break it up. But if you have 100 different sites, for example, not that I would recommend having 100 different sites. I think that's maybe a bit too many. But if you have 10 different sites and you want to sell one of them because you want to buy a house or you want to do something, you have some kind of emergency tax bill, Ryan Dice style, then you can do that. And so it's a good thing to have. As we said before, authority sites... They have a shelf life, right? It could be three years, could be five years, could be 10, 20, it could be 50 years. But most likely in 2119, in 100 years time, most likely your authority site, your affiliate site, 
any website is, is not going to look the same and it's going to be a very, very, very different landscape, right? So you don't want to hold these forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. If you do, then obviously you would be evolving and changing your business and adapting over time. A 150-year-old insurance company most likely will have a website now in 2019. It's evolved over time. An insurance company that started 150 years ago, most likely they will have a website now because they've evolved their business over time. They've adapted, they've changed the market. And your business will do that too if you're in an industry for 150 years, which would be awesome. But you also want to think about the point of these industries can and probably will change a lot. Some will disappear completely. And if you're just holding on to everything you have forever and ever and ever and ever and never selling any of your your websites, then potentially you're creating a bigger risk here and you're, you're going to lose a lot of potential income. And therefore, having different websites that you can sell one by one over time as you kind of need money, as you want to have other ideas, as you, as you feel the industry is kind of declining a bit, then having different websites enables you to, to do that, essentially. I would also say that being in, even if they're related, being in slightly different industries, again, if you have a dog site and you go into cats, then your ceiling so how big you can potentially make your business is a lot higher if you are doubling down on your dog site and you suddenly have by far the biggest dog site on the internet then going into cat site will i don't know how the the size of the niches are the same but maybe it would double the potential ceiling or for how high you could build it and you could then build out that that cat site to to a really really high level yeah so that's basically it now let's talk about what's not cool about diversifying. What is the case against it? And I think one of them is slower short-term growth. Unless you get one of these super nice efficiencies like the email list one I mentioned before, usually you make real money from a new business model a couple of years after you started it. That's kind of how it works. And, and it works for pretty much every business model, at least for us, maybe we're slow. I don't know. You tell us. I think as well is when you start a new business model, you will need new tools. So if you do the email list, you need to buy an email tool. You need to buy, you need to maybe hire new freelancers, bring new competencies in. It's just going to cost money. So not only does it not make a lot of money immediately, but it's also costing you more money right now. You also need to learn new stuff and just, just get experience. So you will make mistakes when you start new things. I mean, your first opt-in problem is going to be terrible. Your first newsletter is going to be terrible. Everything will be, you will just, the competition will be better than you at pretty much everything that you're going to do in this new business model. Another thing is it's expensive. When you want to start new sites or when you want to just bring people in, etc., it's going to cost you a bunch of money. And the final thing is you can lose focus. And that's probably the highest cost to me. You know, having renovated a place for over a year, I can definitely tell you that losing focus costs you a lot of money, that you will end up putting effort in this business that might not pay off. You're essentially gambling on that new business model. And what it's doing is it's taking energy that you could have put in your core business that is proven to be making money and is essentially financing the whole thing. And as a result, you will just output less in your core business, which is going to be costing you by missed opportunity. And overall, losing focus is also not a good place to be mentally. It's really it's complicated to deal with it when you have a lot on your plate and you cannot cope with it. That's how people get overwhelmed and burned out. 
So it's very important that it's much more comfortable to have a tightly focused business than having a bunch of stuff left and right. One of the big risks with, with losing focus is around quality. When people start authority sites, the first one, they'll write a lot of the content themselves. They'll put a lot of effort into it. It's really good. Then they'll reach a point when they think, oh, now that I'm making a few K a month, maybe I should start five other sites. And then they go do that. And then they just end up taking their eye off the ball and the quality of the content, which is one of the most important things, one of the most hard to measure things as well. So you don't often realize that your content is suffering in terms of quality when you do this but when it does that will really start to impact your your core business which as you said is financing all the others in the initial days at least and you can end up in it with a real problem i've seen many people ourselves included start new sites and then be like oh well actually maybe this is not such a good idea because our our existing businesses aren't doing so well in terms of quality and stuff yep and uh, it's important to do that. I think focus focus is comfortable as well. Like that's what I want to emphasize. Diversification is exciting. Focus is comfortable. And sometimes focus will make you more money. So every time you feel like you're losing control, I would actually recommend refocusing just because it brings comfort back. And it's gonna comfort's gonna bring more motivation back. So it's it's quite important in terms of self-management to to understand that concept as well. I think you can get into a, a situation where you get too comfortable with how your existing business is operating. You're too much in the business and you can't really take a step back and, and look at the high level where it's at and what other things you can do because you get too focused on just the day-to-day operations of it. And you kind of need to just pull yourself out and even have other people come in and, and help you or bounce some ideas around with your mastermind group or or something like that, and get some ideas for how you can really double down and what other things you can work on to improve your business because it's not always obvious on a day-to-day basis. And that's, I think, why diversifying can be so appealing because it's, it's obvious, okay, I have one business, I'll just build another related one. And you can kind of see the trajectory of what that will look like. And most likely, most of those processes, most of those things, keyword research, building the site, doing some content, building links, you will have done those things before. So you are comfortable with those things versus building your first info product. That might be a scary thing for you because you've never done that and you have to to figure it out. So there's a kind of, there's an element of I've kind of done this before, which adds a, a level of comfort to it, which isn't necessarily a good thing though. Cool. The big question now is, can you do both? Because <laughs> I think that's what people want. They want to diversify and they want to double down their business. Well, you cannot do both at 100% by definition. It's kind of a dial and you kind of have to pick like where you put the setting. Do you put it all the way on the left, all the way on the right, or kind of in the middle? Essentially, it's a balancing act, right? My advice for this is if you need more revenue, double that. Uh, If you haven't replaced your job income or your finances are tight, your risk is not to lose your business. Your risk is not to eat at the end of the month. So in this case, and that's why we become into newbies, one traffic source, one monetization method, replace your job income, then that debate comes up. So that's what you want to do. If you need more stability, then diversification is quite interesting if you can find enough efficiencies across the new opportunity and what you already have in your hands. So if you already make good money, if you already like your lifestyle, and if your goal is to keep it going as long as possible, and if you are willing to lose a bit in the short term, 
to probably make more or at least maintain your revenue in the long term, then diversification can be interesting. Or if you have high inspiration. So if you think that the your niche is too small, for example, it's one of the cases where you want to raise your business ceiling, the maximum you could make from your business. Well, diversification can help you with that. I kind of disagree a little bit. I, I think there's a common misconception that diversification automatically equals more stability and more safety. When in fact, the, there's a trap, the, the diversification trap, where when you start to diversify, but before you've fully implemented it and fully implemented it successfully, you're actually in a more risky place because you've started to build a new business. It's not making any money yet. You've spent the money, it's not making money because that takes time. There's an opportunity cost in that you've lost that time and that money that you could have spent on your your existing business and growing that in, in different ways. And during that time, your competitors in your existing business may not have done that and they may start to overtake you. And so you may end up in a situation where your existing competitors are overtaking you and your new site isn't going anywhere yet. And then you're in this kind of lull where it's just a, a kind of bad place to be. And if you can't see it through, if you can't get that site up and running, then that's a very bad situation. And you've actually increased the risk to your business, the existential risk to your business, uh, rather than decreasing it as would be the goal with, with diversification. So you just have to be a little bit careful with that. The other thing I would say is just whatever you're doing here, remember quality. So if you have an authority site, then the quality of your content, the quality of your products, the quality of your emails, sales processes, link building processes, this kind of thing. As soon as you start to turn up the dial on scaling anything by diversification or producing more content or, or whatever it is, the biggest risk you have is on quality. You will gain loads of efficiencies, economies of scale, that kind of thing. But any broken processes you have, any poor quality processes you have, any poor quality production methods you have, bad writers, that kind of thing, will the damage that that will inflict on you will be amplified as soon as you start turning that dial up. So basically, your message is, it's better to have one well-built business than two half-assed businesses. But if you can manage two well-built businesses, then that's when it's worth diversifying. That's exactly what I'm saying. I just think the misunderstanding of when to build another business is quite common in the online marketing space because it's quite easy to start a new site. You can go and research for it in you know, really a couple of days if you know what you're doing. And then you can have the site up, buy the domain, have the site up, start producing content later this week, over the weekend. And next week, you can actually have your first content up on, on your site. It's so fast to do that. But that creates a sort of trap where people get lulled into uh, like a, I don't know, not false sense of security. They think they're like further away than they are, basically. They think that they can achieve what they've built already much faster when in fact it, it often takes a lot longer than, than they expect to build a second business. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, 
I think that makes it for this podcast. We absolutely did not answer the question, but I hope we made you think about it. So every time you have to make this kind of decision, I hope you'll come back to this. I think really the answer lies in specific numbers and specific cases, but it is always a hard one. So thank you guys for listening. I'm going to remind you we are now on Spotify. If you want to subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, no matter what platform you're using, though, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. Thank you to everyone. Uh, there's more and more people listening to this podcast. It's great. If you can drop us a review, that also helps us. Thank you, and see you next week for another episode. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Authority Hacker Podcast. If you enjoyed this show, don't forget to rate us on iTunes and send us a screenshot on authorityhacker.com slash bonus to claim your free premium Authority Hacker training.